Welcome to Her Fantasy Football. You can hear us on Blog Talk Radio slash Her Fantasy Football and on iTunes. Make sure to subscribe to us on HerFantasyFootball.com so you can get our newsletter where we will send you four ingredients for our fun, free FanDuel game called Diced. Also, you can chat with us on Twitter at Her Fantasy, Fee- Fantasy Football, excuse me, at Her Fantasy FB, one more time, or on Facebook slash Her Fantasy Football. And we're not done with our show we also have another show on sirius xm fantasy sports radio on saturday nights from 9 to 11 so you can hear us now twice a week it's week 10 yay all right you guys get these teams out of your lineups we have the baltimore ravens the kansas city chiefs oakland raiders and the philadelphia eagles all on by four teams not too bad Especially since two of them are the Ravens and mm-hmm. and the Raiders, so it's okay. Not a whole lot of plays there. <laughs> no, no. So we're okay. It's not. It's not awful. Anything exciting in uh in the NFL news with these four teams that we can think of off the top of our head? Nope. Mm, All right. No. <laughs> nope. Well, status quo. We'll get into the fun and exciting teams for uh, week 10 so we can help you set your lineups for Thursday night football. We have the Seattle Seahawks at Arizona Cardinals. So must start Jimmy Graham, obviously. He was caught five of eight targets, tied for the second most targets on the team, I'd say, uh, for 59 yards in the loss to the Redskins. Honestly, I thought he would do better since he did have the best matchup on the team, but, you know, Luke Wilson stole a touchdown, so that's happened. Uh, he was removed um, from the injury report this week, so you can at least feel good about that. Uh, so you're not benching Graham. You are playing him. Now, in good news, Doug Baldwin owners, I was really nervous for them initially because he was going to have Josh Norman tailing him, but he did great. He caught 7-12 targets for 108 yards and a touchdown and even beat Norman for that touchdown. It was quite a stellar day. I'm not going to lie to you. Now, Arizona secondary gives up the fourth most points to wide out, so he should have another really nice day. I think we're finally going to see the uptick here of Doug Baldwin. Uh, we're going to feel a little bit better about him. Now, Russell Wilson, he did not have that great of a day. His stats were okay. So he was threw for 297 yards. He threw for 45 times. 24 of them were completed, though. Uh, two touchdowns. Sadly, he also had two interceptions. Luckily, he ran for 77 yards to make up those two interceptions. But he really didn't have that great of a day. He was kind of underthrowing a lot of passes. Uh, it was it was not great. But what I will say is he had thrown for over 37 passes in all but two games thus far this season. And I expect that streak to continue this week. Um, I think he will throw for 40 or more this week because it is such a good matchup for the wide receivers. Um and you can count on Russell Wilson. He still put up good numbers for you, but when you were actually watching the game, it was it could have been a lot better day. He was definitely not connecting. Now, sleepers, Paul Richardson, he came down to earth a bit with that game because Wilson was struggling, but um, he caught all three of his targets for 41 yards, but Lockett didn't produce as well as we had hoped either. Uh, he was still targeted eight times, which is good, but he only caught two of them for 10 yards. And again, a lot of those were underthrown, so I use the word target loosely there. Uh, but Richardson did not practice all week, so it makes it very unlikely that he will play, which does bump up Lockett's value in, again, this really yummy matchup. Bench, 
Eddie Lacy. I talk about these running backs all the time. Uh, Lacy is out this week with a groin injury that he sustained in last week's game. That makes Thomas Rawls the guy, apparently, uh, who rushed nine times for 31 yards and added two catches for another 31 yards. I hate every running back on this team. I want you to bench all of them until further notice, which I don't see happening this year at all. So just don't even count on playing them in any way, shape, or form, to be honest with you. Um, for the Arizona Cardinals, Adrian Peterson, you're playing him. He rushed 37 times for 159 yards, which was absolutely crazy um, against the Niners. And those 37 carries was a career high for AP. And it was also an NFL record for running back or over a ripe age of 30. He beat out Jerome Bettis by one carry. I meant to go back to the show, previous shows, and mention, like, record you guys telling me to drop Adrian Peterson. It's over. It's done. I need to move on with my life. And me saying, no, I'm not ready yet. No. And then, like, what was it? One Another bad week. And then right when we came back, it was like, bam, traded to Arizona. But, you know, what, what is the likelihood that he was going to get traded? And I know we talk about this like every single week because I do feel a little bad that we did talk you into getting rid of Adrian Peterson. But you should have got rid of Adrian Peterson on terms of him being on the Saints team. He was incredibly unproductive. Yeah, I mean, listen, I I wish I wish I would have kept him, but I did get him back in two leagues, or didn't drop him in one league and got him back in the other. But I had to pay money for it for listening to you people. Sorry. Sorry about that. Uh, well, I will say, though, is that I do think that um, he should have a decent week still, despite the fact that the Seahawks give the seventh fewest points to running backs. But in terms of people that were able to get double-digit points, Carlos Hyde, Lamar Miller, Ty Montgomery, DeMarco Murray, and Rob Kelly were all able to get double-digit points against the Seahawks. So I think that Adrian Peterson should be fine uh, to do that. And then just quick note, Drew Stanton wasn't as bad as we thought he was going to be. Um which is good news in terms of that. So I think more importantly is that this is good news for Larry Fitzgerald owners. Um, he caught five of nine t uh, targets for 70 yards and he barely missed a touchdown. So he should have had a really good game. So you can feel still feel good about Larry, but those are the only two starters on this team. I still don't like JJ Nelson, Jerron Brown or John Brown, because you don't know what's going to happen with any of them. Um, and the, and Jerron Brown who scored the touchdown was on his one target. So that's not going to help you. And then bench Andre Ellington. We just still have to wait um, to see how this is going to play out. But if you're in a PPR league and you need a deep dart throw, he's someone that you could consider again, um, just for the fact that he, you know, he is kind of used, but I feel like there's better options for you this week. But if you're super desperate Andre Ellington, you can, because he's at least healthy. All right. We got the green Bay Packers at the Chicago bears. Oh, Green Bay. Wow. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, yeah. we miss you. He isn't quite sure he's going to come back this season. You don't say. <laughs> it's like, uh, we all knew that. <laughs> hello. Yeah, hello. Uh, so, okay, this is how I feel about this. Um, the big news of the day happened about 5 p.m. today. Uh, Martellus Bennett was cut from the Green Bay Packers. Mm -hmm. Now, he was already ruled out for the game against the Chicago Bears early uh, due to a quote-unquote shoulder injury. Um, however, this cut is supposedly because he did not disclose his injury, and no one's entirely sure what that means. So as of right now, today, on Wednesday, very, very late night slash early Thursday morning when we're recording, 
I don't have answers to this, but do know he's not there. He's on waivers, so that means he could get picked up um, by another team by 6 p.m. tomorrow, um, Thursday. Uh, that's not going to really help you or your fantasy team, and no. he wasn't getting anything done anyway. You wouldn't start him anyway. And unfortunately, no one else is getting anything done either uh, because Brett Hundley is uh, on the team. Now, I, you know, listen, uh, Brett Hundley obviously is in a position where he didn't think he would be at this particular point. Um, uh, but but let, let, let's put it this way. In week nine, they played against the Detroit Lions, who's kind of mediocre against everything, kind of a medium defense, right? And Brett Hundley was able to score 18 fantasy points in standard scoring for a quarterback. Um, but then it was Jamal freaking Williams who had one carry and he got a touchdown. Touchdown. The worst. The worst. Unbelievable. Uh, Randall Cobb uh, was able to get 58 yards. Um, although he had the least amount of uh, targets out of the, the top three receivers. It was Devontae Adams who had the most targets. He got 53 yards. And then Jordy got seven targets, but he only got 35 yards. Um, listen, I, you know, <laughs> uh, Ty Montgomery only got six touches. And that sounds bad, right? Okay. Uh, Aaron Jones got seven touches and way less yards. This is just dire. I don't know what you do with the Green Bay Packers. And I, for the first Why time, would you not be running more when you have Brent Hundley as your quarterback? I, I am. I don't understand this. It's the same Broncos phenomenon. I just can't explain. I'm gobsmacked by the whole thing. It, it's un unbelievable. So you can't start their defense. You can't start their kicker. You can't start anyone that's on their team. So it's unfortunate. I mean, literally, I would not do that, especially this week against the Chicago Bears, who have a sneaky good defense. I've been telling you guys this all season. Um, if you if you look at what the Bears have been able to do right now, they're top 10 in terms of uh, defending against quarterbacks and tight ends. They don't have a tight end. Well, Lance Kendricks is a tight end, but, you know, come on now. Um, and then they're in the middle of the pack, but the, the better middle for everything else. So I don't see them anyone scoring more than 10 points on this fantasy team, maybe even Brett Hundley sad in terms of the Chicago Bears they're coming back off their bye if you remember correctly before the bye they traded for Dontrell Inman who did not play in the game before the bye because he had just gotten traded uh, but now he is going to be there we're not entirely sure what that's going to look like especially because Mitchell Trubisky has been taking oh I don't know single digit uh, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> pass attempts over numerous weeks. Although he had 32 pass attempts in the week before the bye when they were playing down and trying to catch up with New Orleans. Now he still only put up nine fantasy points. So yeah. I wouldn't get too excited about that. And only 164 yards, which was a season high for him. So I'm not going there. I am, of course, always going to Jordan Howard. And Tariq Cohen is just kind of a decent flex that has a medium floor and not a lot of upside at this point because, again, <laughs> no one's throwing the ball. I will say, though, Zach Miller's leg supposedly has been saved. There was some question as to whether or not he would lose his leg due to that really tragic yeah. injury that he suffered before the bye. Sounds like he did save it. Right now it looks like it's going to be Dion Sims uh, as the tight end going into this season. And, by the way, Zach Miller was the only guy scoring touchdowns with Trubisky under center. So this is intriguing with Deion Sims. Unfortunately, Deion Sims is questionable right now, so make sure to check your injury reports. Um, he did have one big game where he scored a touchdown of 42 yards, and that was in week six, so it wasn't that long ago. Um, they do have rookie Adam Sheehan, who uh, is the future there, but he only has one catch in the National Football League. It was for a touchdown in week three, 
but that's too dicey. It. Too dicey. If there's anyone that I take a, a dart throw on a Stontrell Inman, but I don't love this. I was offered a trade for I'd give up Jordan Howard, and in return, I would get Tariq Cohen and Deshaun Kaiser. Oh. <laughs> Why do people do that? I hate dumb and I was like, trade offers kill me. It ah. is it is a super flex league with two quarterbacks, but I still was like, I'd still rather not play Deshaun Kaiser and play Jordan Howard in his place. Oh, was that in our Brett Evans league? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. that person. Mm -mm. Yeah, nobody's like, no. offering me their quarterback. What Jordan Howard to give up? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I play Elijah McGuire every week, so there it is. All right, you guys, let's move on to another game of the week. We got the Cleveland Browns, the Detroit Lions. Brandon, that's Speaking oh yeah. Speaking sorry. of the Kaiser, I'm still like focused on the sad leg story. I'm sorry, it'll always haunt me. So the Cleveland Browns are the Cleveland Browns. So that's sad. But um, here's what's intriguing to everyone in a fantasy perspective. Josh Gordon uh, has been reinstated, but he will not be back mm -hmm. until about Thanksgiving. The problem is Corey Coleman's also coming back. Um, and so uh, the real issue, though, again, uh, and not to be a jerk, um, but they play for the Cleveland Browns. There is zero upside, especially if both of them are there for them rest of season. And here's the thing. If you are already that far into the season and you're going into the playoffs, are you really going to start Josh Gordon over the people that got you to the playoffs? Yeah, exactly. I just, I don't know. I mean, I understand the appeal dynasty go do your thing. If you, if you're in a keeper league, even a really deep keeper league where you keep like 10, maybe even then I'm not quite sure, but listen, Corey Coleman says he's fully healthy. He's going to be back pretty soon. And they did spend a lot of draft capital on him and think that he's the future. He just keeps breaking his hand, which is so weird. Yeah. And then we got Josh Gordon. We don't know what he's like. He hasn't played football in a really, you guys, it was 2013 when he had that huge season. But I feel like people that are Josh Gordon owners and hey, I like Josh Gordon. They're the same kind of people that like J the Joe Mixon, right? Like they can validate any reason as to why they've kept Josh Gordon and why they will hold on to him through the playoffs. But the question is talking think, about my husband. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> does he oh, does he have Josh Gordon? Of course. Oh, uh, well. But here's the thing. <laughs> but I don't think your husband or most people would be willing to put him in their playoff lineup. And you were getting really close to the playoffs here, which you're basically wasting a roster spot on this. Like you said, Brandon, unless you're in. They're saying it's probably going to be week 13. Right, which that's is. December. That's December. And Are you going to play Josh Gordon for your playoffs? Yeah. I don't with, think so. With Deshaun Kaiser as his quarterback. Now you're telling me, oh, he had a bad quarterback before. I think it was Brian Hoyer that he got all those points with. Brian Hoyer is better than Deshaun Kaiser in 2013, I should say. Maybe even today. The quarterback Maybe situation today. is dire around the league. So um, as far as anyone else, the problem is, is that they just don't have an offense there, you guys. Again, it's going to be Ricardo Lewis is a PPR guy. Um, Duke Johnson's a PPR guy. If you need a you're desperate at running back, I get that. Isaiah Crowell, um, you know, it's difficult to know what you're going to get from him. He did have one of his best games of the season with 64 rushing yards and a touchdown. He scored 15.8 um, fantasy points in standard leagues before the buys. So you'd like to hope 
that they continue doing that. But again, the problem for him isn't his fault. They have horrible game scripts because they fall behind so quickly. They don't run the ball anymore. So they don't even need Isaiah Crowell. Isaiah Crowell right now is making free money. That's what he's doing. Mm -hmm. He's like going out there, but he knows he's not going to touch the ball because they're always behind. And that's why you can't start their kicker. You can't start their defense. And the Detroit Lions, you know, they like to beat up on bad teams. So I think this is going to be one of those moments. The only person, again, with any sort of touchdown upside is David Njoku, but he has not scored a touchdown since week five. Mm -hmm. There you go. Mm, there you go. Always uplifting reports about the Cleveland Browns. Sorry, everybody. Right. Short Lions Matthew Stafford did very well last week against the Packers. This week he faces the Browns and should have another very nice game. The stars are all aligned, all aligned for Stafford to have about 350 yards throwing, two or more touchdowns, and an interception. Because surprisingly, Cleveland tends to get one interception a game. Um, there's been a couple games he's there they've missed, and we all know Stafford likes to throw one interception a game. So it's all happened, but that's fine. That comes to the territory. All right, more Marvin Jones and Golden Tate. Jones has had two games back to back with over a hundred yards. He also has two touchdowns last week. In both games, he's had eleven targets. Golden Tate had almost two hundred yards in the last two weeks put together. No touchdowns, but he's had seven receptions in the lot in each of the last three weeks. So I know that the Browns have been really tough against wide receivers, but in PPR, you have to start both Jones and Tate in that order. In my opinion, as always Jones and then Tate, um, Amari, uh, Amira Abdullah, man, we had we had a guest on our SiriusXM show from Detroit Lions. They're like, is it going to be the week for him? Is it going to be the week? No, mm -mm, wasn't. Mm -mm. He was surprise, all real, surprise. real, real about us, though. He was yeah. like, I doubt it. He's like, we've been thinking that for years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, not. And I don't love him this week either. Cleveland actually gives up the six fewest fantasy points to running backs. He was supposed to, as I said, be amazing. He wasn't then um, under 10 fantasy points in standard leagues. That's just not good enough. It's not going to be good enough against the Cleveland Browns for sure. So just be careful, temper your expectations. What is exciting is Matt Prater, number one kicker, Detroit defense, number five. So you can start both of them with ease. All your tight ends, I don't care about the matchup. This is the best matchup for Detroit. I don't care. They're awful. They're on your bench. They shouldn't even be on your bench. They shouldn't even exist in the fantasy world, but just want to let you know that's where they are. All right, the Los Angeles Chargers off of by the Jacksonville Jaguars. <gasps> AFC champs. <laughs> you guys, the Jags still look good. I know I jinxed the Buffalo Bills. Which did, by the way, people were tweeting Bills. me about that. Yep. They were like, way to go, Brandon. You totally jinxed the Buffalo yep. Bills and them being in the AFC championship. But I still believe, people, you can't fool me. All right, you guys. So, um, again, another team that's coming off a bye. Because, actually, it was funny. Last week, we were doing our write-ups, and I said, you know what? All of my teams are on by. I have like four teams going. So uh, anyway, this week I'm saying everyone's coming off a buy because they are. So um, Melvin Gordon before the buy, though, had a huge week. 132 rushing yards, rushing touchdown, 19.9 yeah. fantasy points, standard scoring. Um, you know, listen, when he plays, he's usually a baller, um, uh, but he did have some injury issues. Hopefully he's A-OK, -okay, has a week to rest up. Um, they have to run the ball against Jacksonville. 
That is the only way they're going to score points at all against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Everyone else, I'm talking Keenan Allen. I'm talking Hunter Henry. I'm talking, I, I don't care what you're talking about. I want them on your bench. Okay, maybe Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry is the second most favorable one. Um, but the problem with Hunter Henry is we just never know what's going on with yeah. this guy. Last week, only 11 yards and two catches. So I, I don't know how you trust that against Jacksonville Jaguars. But the point is, all the wide receivers, Philip Rivers, absolutely no. And actually, I want to read something to you because this is incredibly fascinating to me. Okay, Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, only one quarterback this entire season has scored more than 11 points. It was Marcus Mariota in week two. Oh, it was like Deshaun Kaiser. Jacoby Brissett had 11 points in week seven. But Ryan Mallett, I know that's terrible, obviously. Uh, both of the Houston quarterbacks in the first week, Ben Roethlisberger, Jared Goff, Andy Dalton, all single digits, you guys. Philip Rivers, put him in. It's over. So I mean, you're not exactly naming like stud quarterbacks, but I would say Roethlisberger, Rivers, Roethlisberger, and uh, McCarron. Yeah, Goff. They're all in similar realm. McCown is a top ten guy right now. I all I'm saying is that you know, I would be shocked if Philip Rivers got double digit fantasy points, and I would be over the moon like dying if he got over thirteen points. Like you can't do it. No one's done it this season. Don't do it. So yeah, that's the whole. There's nothing else to say. I wouldn't start there. And by the way, kicker defense, no. All right, Ashley. What about the Jags? Will you start in the defense because Philip Rivers just can't help himself. He can't help himself. He loves to throw, and he loves to throw interceptions. So being better this year with us. He's being better this year, but to sit there and think that he would throw like under twenty passes is just like ludicrous. It's not going to happen. It's Philip Rivers, but um. Yeah, they will they will rush and Melvin Gordon will score on the Jags. But that's not where you, you're gonna get your points. You're gonna get your points on sacks, you're gonna get your points on potentially a pick six. This is why you are playing the Jags defense still this week, regardless of Melvin Gordon on the team, you're playing them. Um, you are also playing Leonard Fournette. Wow, did that hurt a lot of people? I remember I waking up and was like, Oh my gosh, he's not playing, he's not playing. Crazy. I, I had him in my FanDuel lineup or dice lineup, and I had to switch everything around because of that. No, what really messed up was that I picked up TJ Yeldon everywhere, and he was absolute dog poop. Yeah, no, that's what hurt my whole soul. Oof. Well, Fournette hurts your soul more than, than Yeldon. I don't have yeah. Fournette anywhere. Yeah. Well, for <laughs> Fournette owners, that was brutal. Um you know, Coach uh, Doug Marone expects Leonard Fournette to play. I think he learned his lesson. You know, it's really interesting listening about, um, which I wasn't surprised about how a lot of times star players kind of, you know, are treated with, you know, gloves a little bit. But no, uh, it's this is a Coughlin organization. So the organization stood behind, you know, Coach Marone wanting to bench him, and they did it. And so I think that was a good idea. I think this will be good for Leonard Fournette moving forward. It didn't help you last week, but he should play this week, and he should be good. Uh, it's a great matchup. So uh, expect him to be, I'm going to say, as great as usual and perhaps better because I think he's going to give a little bit extra this week because of what happened last week. So you are good to go when it comes to Leonard Fournette. My sleepers, Marquise Lee, 
he's just getting the, he's getting a lot of targets. He's targeted 12 times last week, caught eight of them for 75 yards and a touchdown. Um, he's now had at least 70 yards in three straight games. And then when we look at his targets, it was 10 three weeks ago, six and then 12. So it's a healthy number of targets on this team. The issue is that his knee has been bothering him for most of the season. So he, he's been kind of limited in practice. So keep an eye on potential inactives for Sunday, but if he plays, he's someone that you could consider. Um, I don't know. Alan Hearns, he just doesn't get the volume that he needs. Only 31 yards off four catches. Um, I just think there's enough teams on by to roll the dice with Alan Hearns. Now, Chris Ivory, I'm okay if you want to roll the dice on in a flex roll. Because as Courtney said, TJ Yeldon, well, I know he had a great week two weeks ago when, when Fournette was out injured. Ivory is the number two back, as we discussed on this team. He rushed 20 times for 69 yards with Fournette out and then caught 34 yards on top of that. Fournette is back, so Ivory will not get that same production. I never said that he will, but it is a really good matchup. So I could see him potentially still getting enough points because they did still use him even when Fournette was playing. What this does is this makes Yeldon completely inconsequential for you. He loses his value at this point in time. Um, and then bench Mercedes Lewis. Yes, he had a decent game last week, but he has a terrible matchup against the Rams who've only given up one receiving touchdown this entire season. And that is where Lewis's value solely resides. So way too dicey of a play. And what I will tell you is keep your eye out for D.D. Westbrook to potentially come back to be activated. That will potentially have a big role on what we see between Marquise Lee and Alan Hearns. I don't know where this is going to come in. I kind of have a feeling it may impact Lee a little bit just because of the injury. Um, and they play, they're more of a similar style. But uh, something to keep an eye on. All right. You know. All right, we got the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Indianapolis Colts. Brandon. Why do I have all the dramatic teams coming off of bye? So, oh, if right. you remember before the bye, Martavis Bryant was sat um, as a disciplinary measure, and then Juju Smith-Schuster went off, and everyone has decided that he's the next Reggie Wayne or something. Um, bad news for you. Um, Martavis Bryant is back and practicing with the first team. There's a possibility that mm. we're going to see. Um, listen, I, I think that, again, I told people to start him when Martavis Bryant was out and that this could be this, you know, crazy game. Um, and it was a great matchup um, for him this week. And, uh, you know, not so much. So, I, okay, here's the thing. It is still a great matchup for Pittsburgh. Um, they are on the road, which as we know, Ben Roethlisberger is not known for his great home and away splits. Um, and even though Juju Smith-Schuster had that killer game and, and everything else was going right for him, um, you know, Ben Roethlisberger did throw for over 300 yards, but he only threw one touchdown yeah. um, and an interception. And he just kind of had like a ho-hum day. It was like 15 fantasy points, just ho-hum. Now, at this point, we have so many horrible quarterbacks in the National Football League that maybe ho-hum is fantastic for you, and I get that. Uh, but I certainly don't think this is going to be like a monster day, even though it should be, because Indianapolis literally is in the top 10 and giving up points to every single position except for tight end, and you're not going to start Jesse James anyway. So you're starting Le'Veon Bell. You're starting Antonio Brown. <sighs> You can flex Juju, I guess. And by the way, he did get his driver's license. Still riding his bike. That a boy. That's an that update. Boy. update for everybody. Uh, but yeah, from a fantasy perspective, I just think that there's going to be a possibility that we're back to this kind of annoying split that just no one's all that productive. But again, it's Indianapolis, so certainly it is so everyone's productive. Yeah. yeah, and obviously you want to start the defense, <laughs> and you want to start 
their kicker because it's all amazing. Um, in terms of what's going on with the Indianapolis side of this matchup, um, you know, listen, Indianapolis did well against the Houston Texans, uh, specifically Jacoby Brissett, who we said was one of the best fill-in guys when we heard about Deshaun Watson's injury, put up almost 20 fantasy points. It was really good. So um, that's great. Pittsburgh's a tough defense, though. I don't like this one. Uh, you know, that's why you, you got to play the matchups with these guys, especially if they're not an elite talent. So Jacoby Brissett, not so much. Tell you Hilton, thank you. I told you guys there's going to be a huge game. Yeah. Gosh, so annoying. I was playing against T.Y. Hilton and that was the most like annoying. It's so most annoying good, Brandon. Like, I texted you. I was like, Hilton. No, yeah. what was that? I can't uh, remember. It was yeah. Hilton and Higby. 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 Yeah. The two people Higby. that I was like, this is the week. I wouldn't start them any other time, but this is the week. Well, the thing is with, with Hilton, unfortunately, he has three games where he has over 150 receiving yards and everything else has been garbage. Like, like three like points. Three like, points. Ridiculously bad. I think this is going to be a three-point game, you guys. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers gives up the second fewest fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. That is just not something that you want to sign on for with T.Y. Hilton, with Dante Moncrief. The only person, again, you're starting regardless of matchup. And in this game, probably the only person I suggest on this offense is Jack Doyle because the guy cannot stop getting targets. I just want to say, like, I love that the defenses we are concerned about this year the Jacksonville Jaguars, the <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers, the Chicago Bears, and my favorite, the, the New Orleans Saints. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's yes. Like Denver Broncos, <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs, <laughs> no. Uh, New England Patriots, what? No. No, you're no. right. The Those Saints. Saints. <laughs> the Saints. I, I know. It's so weird. And I mean, I, you guys, but especially these teams with these really – bizarre quarterback situations, which again, you know, uh, Andrew Luck last week we were told uh, he was ruled out for the season. Um, now actually Vegas has an over under, or you can go and bet in Vegas as to whether Andrew Luck ever plays football again. Really? Oh, oh, that's harsh. Mean. It's very questionable you guys as to what's going on there. Um, but you know, again, last week, Jack Doyle, nine targets. He caught eight of them for 63 yards the week before 14 targets. He caught 12 of them for 121 yards and a touchdown. I mean, the guy hasn't had less than seven targets since week four because he didn't play in week five. So he didn't get any targets, but he didn't play. Um, and he has only had less than seven targets in two games all season. It was week one and three. Wow. That's seven. Yeah. I said seven. That's bananas. So anyway, um, yeah. So he's the only guy that I'm suggesting here. I'm not starting their kicker or defense. Uh, obviously not their defense. Uh, also, Vontae Davis is probably going to be out for the season on their defense. So like you'll literally yeah, never start their defense. That's yeah, a big loss for them. There you go. Done. All right. The New Orleans Saints, the Buffalo Bills, Ashley. So I'm probably going to get a little bit of flack for this one. I'm used to it. But um, Drew Brees, he had a very average game, 22 of 27 for 263 yards. He did have two touchdowns, which was great over the Bucs. Uh, but he is playing away and in Buffalo. So this is not my favorite situation. I usually say you always play Brees. But if you could find another option, and I'm talking about a reasonable option here, people, I think you should. I'm usually one that literally says you always play Breeze. But when you look at how other quarterbacks have done against the Bills, it's not pretty. We're talking like 10 points is kind of are your averaging, some of them upwards of 15. But 
it's not it's not a great matchup for him. So just just as an FYI, if you do have another option, you probably don't. Again, only reasonable. That's why I still have in my starter category, but I want to set those expectations that I don't think this is going to be a huge game. Michael Thomas, why do you make a liar out of me? Liar! I said, I said this is the week he This is when the touchdown is coming. Well, it didn't. It didn't. He did still have 11 targets, caught eight of them for 65 yards. Uh, but again... Still didn't get the touchdown. Uh, it is Mike Evans, though. Yeah, it is a tough matchup this week. So uh, this will not be the week he surpasses 90 yards, and I don't think it's a week that he gets a touchdown either. So add to the fact that he is a little beat up and was limited in practice on Wednesday, and I'm not feeling supremely confident about Michael Thomas this week. He's going to make a liar out of you again. This he will probably, be the week, this will be he, the week off, he gets right? like 175 yards. Yeah, yeah, he'll pull right. a T.Y. Hilton on me maybe. Could happen. Could happen. <laughs> but I mean, it's again, it's not been bad numbers all year, but it's not wide receiver one numbers that you're looking for. So it's it's tough. It's tough. None now, of the wide receivers. I actually asked this question on Twitter. Who are the elite wide receivers in the league right now? Honestly, Antonio Brown, DeAndre Hopkins. Is there anyone else? Well, you could have said Will Fuller at one point. Yeah. Is Julio Jones? No. I don't think he's an elite no. guy anymore. Well, he's no. elite, but he's not a sure bat. AJ Nobody else Green? is a sure bat. AJ Green's been a decent. He's been decent, but I mean, you know, like T.Y. Hill's been disappointed in his random games. With Michael Thomas, Demarius Thomas, um, Keenan Allen hasn't been what everybody was always hoping for. Um, it's tough. That might be a good, one of our good social media questions, Brandon, for serious about the elite, which elite receivers yeah. are disappointed. Well, the problem is, is the bad quarterback play is really affecting people. Like T.Y. Hilton, his his talent has not decreased. It has You not. can tell, but like, how do you get elite numbers with this situation? Well, and I think for Michael Thomas, it's because the running game is, is doing really well in New Orleans. Yeah, I, I mean, they're my starters. And so I think, I mean, when you're looking at Drew Brees only throwing in the mid-20s, that's not Drew Brees. Drew Brees was the kind of guy who was, was throwing Russell Wilson numbers, you know, 30, 40 targets a game. And he's not doing that right now. Right now he's throwing mid-20s, which is just not what we are accustomed to for Drew Brees and his 5,000 yards that he always throws. This might be the first season he doesn't get his 5,000 yards, and that's just going to be crazy. And it's because they have such a better running game, which is why you are starting Alan Kamara. He was 6-7 targets for 84 yards and a touchdown. He also rushed 10 times for 68. He just – and a touchdown. He just lit it up. I mean, he really tore it up last week. Now, Mark Ingram also rushed 16 times and had 77 yards. Um it was still a good game. It's just Kamara stole all the touchdowns. So the running backs have the best matchup on this team for the week. So I expect both of them to have a really good game. And again, if you want to blame some of Michael Thomas, you can blame the good running back play because that's really the cause of it. Sleepers, Ted Ginn, he caught four or five 59 yards and a touchdown. And what I want to point out is that Sneed's involvement has increased, uh, but Ginn is still able to put up the numbers like he has all season. This has been the biggest concern is, okay, well, what is this ratio we're going to see when Snead does come back? But it seems that, you know, Ginn is still doing well. I mean, he's an incredibly resourceful player, uh, and he's one of those guys that's just kind of, you know, shifting, is able to get open. So he's a really solid streamer, flex play. Um, I don't know if I love it this week, but I think he's in general a good option. And Willie Snead, as I said, he's on my bench, but he did at least play 30% of the snaps this week compared to like the one snap he was in last week, but he wasn't targeted a single time. So he's still not someone that you can put in your lineup as he's not even being targeted at this point. So for the Buffalo Bills, this one's even more short. Cal Calvin Benjamin did not play last week. He should play this week. 
But I have everybody in the sleeper category because no one has a great matchup on this team. So they are all sleepers, like literally no one. Yes, you have to play McCoy, but after last week, it's hard to express you know confidence in this week because it was just really, really bad last week. Yeah, and everyone thought he was going to kill it. He like, should have. He murders the Jets, and I mean, it's nuts. It's nuts. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, but you know, it's it's hard to be confident after that, right? Charles Clay, he might play this week, which is kind of exciting and intriguing. He is Cheers practicing on a limited basis after being out since getting hurt in week five. But here's my issue is Clay is Tyrod Tappy, you know, Tyrod Taylor's happy little place, you know, but it's a bad matchup. It's a really bad matchup. And we also don't know what Clay's role looks like with the addition of Calvin Benjamin to this team. So that brings us to our wide receivers in which Zay Jones finally stepped up a bit, having the best game of the season for him thus far. But again, we don't know how everything's going to play out with Benjamin on the team for him or for Matthews. When we look at these matchups, wide receivers, it's the um, 11th fewest points given up, 13th fewest to quarterbacks, 13th fewest to running backs, 8th fewest to tight ends. They all have just not great matchups. And as we said, the Saints defense is better than you think. It's a little bit deceiving. So they're all sleepers. Uh, you're probably going to be forced to play some of them. But again, I don't, don't get too excited about this matchup. All right, now this is the game of the week. Just kidding. The Jets are going to destroy the Buccaneers, the New York Jets, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right, the Jets. All right. Austin Safarian Jenkins. You may need to look elsewhere for a tight end. I'm just going to be on this. Jenkins was only targeted twice last week, and Tampa Bay gives up the sixth fewest fantasy points to tight ends. So this is the worst matchup for the for the Jets. I think that they're going to find an opportunity elsewhere uh, this Sunday. So I don't love Mr. Jenkins this week. Um, Robbie Anderson, on the other hand, had his third game with a touchdown in a row. Yep. Unlike tight ends, the Bucks are awful at covering wide receivers. So you should start Anderson for sure this week. The Bucks typically only let one wide receiver get – the fantasy points. So that is why curse is winged ranked where he is. But if you need a flyer there, there are worse options out there for sure. Um, but I do love me some Anderson. The New York jets defense is ranked number 11. So if that's good enough for you, you should definitely start them against the Bucks, And I will tell you why. And Josh McCowan is also ranked number 11th in our rankings. McCowan's game wasn't amazing last week, um, but it wasn't awful either. This is a great matchup for him. Three of the last uh, four quarterbacks have had over 18 fantasy points against the Bucks, So that is good news. All right. Forte was a beast last week and got over 20 fantasy points. Unfortunately, that's not good for a man his age. And he is now questionable with swelling in the knee that he had surgery on uh -huh. and was not practicing Wednesday. I know. Scary. Mm -hmm. Super sad. Just when you need him. He's Guys, gone. Matt Forte is like classic. He is a classic. He is. He is. He's like he that. Start a little rough. 85 then... Mustang. I know nothing about cars. But... Is that a classic? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was the year I was born. I'm sure it's great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, listen, if he doesn't play, you're going to need to rely on Elijah McGuire. And don't worry, he's already in my lineup because that's how bad one of my teams is. Um, <laughs> and below Paolo, Paolo remains a good flex option. That's what he is. That's what he'll always be. You can start the kicker. As far as the Buccaneers, no Mike Evans, 
no Jameis Winston. Mike Evans has been suspended for a game with his fight he had last week after the late hit against Fitzpatrick. Um, right after they Win- lost, Jam- oh yeah, Fitzpatrick, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right after they lost Jameis Winston due to the injury. No, Jameis Winston started the fight on Start the sidelines, poking the bear. Poking Did you see bear. that weird pregame speech? No, uh, there was just oh a my lot gosh. of weirdness going on. You guys, so Jameis Winston's like walking around. I'm gonna try to do it. This is bad. And he was like, says like, you know, uh, you know, watch me or I don't know. And he's like, what's this? And then he goes. See that? That's a W. <laughs> you want to eat the W. And he starts putting the W in his mouth. It was the weirdest. It's like, am I on acid? Like, what's happening? It was Amazing. so. They popped him with too many pain medication. for. But I always think of, like, Fitzpatrick on hard knocks after one of Winston's, like, pump-up talks. And then Fitzy just so deadpan. It's like, a little lawn, man. It was a little long. <laughs> You know, yeah. <laughs> like it I can was, just see him yes. with the slurping of the W. Like you don't need. The oh, it was so like hard knocks on good. crack. That's what this preseason. So and like people started like tweeting the the video of it and being like, "Did this really happen? Mm-hmm. Is this a thing?" And here's the thing: it got weirder because then all of a sudden there's fighting and he's poking and Mike Evans just like flies. Yeah. What the- and by the way, so many fights, AJ Green. So many fights. I mean, everybody was fighting all weekend. Was something in mm-hmm. the air? I'm not into astrology or anything, but is that a thing? Did something happen? I'm not into astrology either. I don't know. You I know, mean, if, it was yeah. it was salute to service week. And I'm like, with the military, maybe they felt like they were like in combat. And they just felt like they could just like <laughs> go to town on each other or something. It was nuts. I swear. It was weird. Because there was something. Do you want to do a shout out to the NFL for the salute to service and all the crazy money that they uh, raised on Sunday with hashtag salute to service. So hopefully they do that again. I know we tweeted out. Hopefully you guys did too. Uh, that was pretty awesome. Uh, but we'll get back to the depressing Buccaneers because guess what? Deshaun Jackson is now again the number one wide receiver on an NFL team. Um, and guess what? Fitzpatrick is the starting quarterback on yet another NFL team. <laughs> so good. I will say this. When Fitzpatrick played um, last in week six, he managed over 20 fantasy points. So don't be too discouraged. He could he could be decent and this is yeah. a good matchup and it's a revenge and, game and it's a revenge game. Yes. And Deshaun. Well, that's not necessarily good anymore. Yeah. I don't think Fitzy does revenge Revenge games in 2017 have yet to pan out, but I will say Deshaun Jackson sure. is, is an elite wide receiver. So I'm excited that he's going to get this opportunity. He hasn't done much though this year for the bucks. So I think it's good with Mike Evans out that, Winston's out too, so maybe he'll get a fair opportunity to uh, show what he's got left. Um, Doug Martin, the Jets have been sneaky uh, good about protecting the running backs uh, or not letting the running backs through. The ones that they're actually least successful to is receiving running backs, and that's not necessarily Doug Martin. So I don't love him this week. Um, he, he's a temper your expectation dude for me. Um, my guess is that they're going to want to make Fitzpatrick throw. So they're going to stop Martin, but we'll see. I mean, I, I think I'm still starting Martin in my leagues, but 
just know that it might be a little tougher of a day than you think against the Jets. As far as Cameron Brake, Brake didn't hit his usual 60 yards and uh, or more like he has the last five weeks. Um, but he still has top tight end any way you slice it. So this is a great matchup. You're going to start him. And how could he? That was the weirdest game of all time. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. It really was. Yeah. All right. You're not going to start the kicker. You're not going to start the defense. They're on the bench. Um, and again, Fitzpatrick, I think, might be a sneaky play, especially in DFS. All right. We've got the Minnesota Vikings and the Washington Redskins. <laughs> I just can't stop laughing about Fitzy. A little long, man. Um, <laughs> Minnesota Vikings, Kyle Rudolph, guys. He did he did pretty well. I mean, not yardage. He only got 27 yards off, six catches off the seven targets. But he got a touchdown over the Browns. So Washington is going to the fourth most points to tight ends. And he should have another good week as they have allowed a touchdown to a tight end in half of their games. So there's a really good chance that Kyle Rudolph can score yet again this week. So, yeah, in, in a very dicey position of the tight ends, that's a, that's a pretty good dice to roll there so i like him and i know that baldwin was able to blow up norman but i'm not feeling amazing about stefan Diggs this week mm -hmm. um i don't know last last week he got four of six for 27 yards against the browns but what i will say is he does look healthy um, and he almost connected on a couple deep balls last week, which would have definitely improved his score. But I just have this nagging feeling, kind of like when he got hurt last season, and he had a little bit of a lull period before he got back to ball in a bit. I feel like we're still in the lull. I don't know. What are you as like? Do you feel that way? Is it just me? He's got this weird feeling about Diggs. No, I, th I have him ranked lower than Thielen, but I do have him ranked high. So... I mean, he could produce. I mean, again, you know, Baldwin was able to beat Norman. I mean, Baldwin had a great game. Stefan Diggs could have a great game. I just, I don't know. I, there's... Well, Norman's getting back to health too. So he's getting he healthier by the week. So maybe yeah. he's healthier now too. I, I'm, I, to me, Diggs is risky. He's still on my he, start. Yeah. But, but I just, yeah. I don't know. I just have I that, get it. I got that nagging feeling. But again, there aren't a lot of good receivers. There's not. Time. There really aren't. So, you know, and this is a tough matchup in general with it against the Redskins. They give it the fifth fewest points to wide receivers, regardless of just Josh Norman. Like obviously Josh Norman is one of the elite cornerbacks in the league, but they're a good secondary in general. So um they didn't look as solid last week, but you know, Wilson was it was more Wilson just not connecting. So let's hope that Keenan can connect like he did last week to Adam Thielen, who caught five of ten targets for 98 yards and a touchdown. What I will say is be prepared for more so around 60 yards. That's what I think we're gonna get out of Thielen. I think 60 yards, maybe a touchdown, which is still good, but I don't think he's gonna put up nearly a hundred yards this game. Now Jared I got a Thielen. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's husband loves to sing that song. Um, Jerry McKinnon, I do feel good about. We all the songs. We, we have do. like a medley in our house. We do feeling, we do feeling medleys. Try it out. Like You'll it. be happy. Insert feeling <laughs> for feeling in all songs, and all you songs. will have Brandon and Carson melodies. It has yet to let us down. Well, there you go. Well, it. let's let's hope he doesn't let us down this week. But he Jared hasn't McKinnon, yet. Well, that's um, not as great weeks, but. You know, now Jerry McKinnon has the best matchup on this team, and I feel good about him. He caught six of 10 targets for 72 yards, and he rushed 14 times for 50 yards and got a touchdown rushing. Uh, and he continues to perform despite the committee that he is in. 
Yes, this is a committee. Yes, they are both getting touches. But what I will say is, you know, he put up similar numbers in the last three weeks out of the last four games. And I think you can expect the same, which is basically 50 or more yards and a touchdown. This is what you're going to get out of Jerick McKinnon. So you can't complain about that. I feel all right about it. So that brings me to my sleeper, Latavius Murray. You know, he certainly is getting the touches. He rushed 19 times last week. Granted, it was only for 39 yards. But mm. if you need to throw a dart on, on one for a flex, throw it on someone that at least is getting the volume, right? Where at least he could break off for a touchdown. He could at least get used on a goal line carry. He's being utilized on this team. So for me, I'd rather take a dart on that in a decent, in a good matchup, you know, best on their team, I should say, than somebody that's only, you know, going to catch maybe one or two balls and you're hoping for that deep ball threat for the touchdown. So he's an option. Bench, uh, just a quick note for the bench because you're not playing them. Vikings play Sam Bradford on IR due to his knee injury. It did end him for the season. He had surgery to kind of clean it up and relieve discomfort. This made room for them to activate Teddy Bridgewater from the pup list. Bridgewater is practicing in full. Case Keenum is still the starting quarterback as of right now, but I do think there's a good chance that we could see Teddy Bridgewater by the end of the season. Today. So, Today. Today. I'm excited for scary him. Scary Case Keenum. Scary Case Keenum. Listen, he's winning games. He's winning yeah. games. I was actually going to say he's a potential sleeper, but I just don't love him against the Redskins. But he is. Yeah. He, it's not translating necessarily in fantasy points, but you know it is exciting that he's doing well enough for his team. Yeah. So, all right, the Redskins, listen, I hate this team more than anything. And last week did not change my mind. God, it's the worst team in the NFL to have to cover. And my in-laws were in town. And um, my father-in-law watched every single game. Like went to every single game um, for two years straight of the Redskins in the 80s. And... Um, it's really upsetting because I had to keep my anger inside when I wanted to just yell at the TV screen every single time they showed them. <laughs> I will say this. You can't start any of them. You can't. You can't start any of them. They're all absolutely awful, and it's not their fault. The coaching is absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. So let's just get to the very nitty-gritty of it all. Jordan Reed is questionable, but he is back at practice. Now, why they would ever put him in before he's fully healed when they have somebody called, I don't know, Vernon Davis is beyond me. I didn't even rank Jordan Reed. I'm making a statement. It's good. Vernon Davis. I don't understand good. why this is even an option. Good, Stop Brandon. It. But you know what? It's too bad because Gruden doesn't care about you or your feelings. And he does whatever he wants. <laughs> and he's not very smart. So I can't tell you who he's going to start. Uh, but yes, Jordan Reed is back at practice. For those read owners. So silly. Which hopefully was, you didn't use our cheat sheet. Yeah, right. Jamison Crowder. He's questionable. He's also back at practice, but does it matter? No, it doesn't. You're not playing him. Chris Thompson, clearly the best player on the team. Absolutely awful the last two weeks. Absolutely awful. And I can't blame him. He's rushed four times in the last in each of the last two games. How can you do anything with that? Get 3.1 fantasy points in standard leagues. And I just, I just, it grosses me out. It grosses me out. I don't even want to get into Kirk Cousins. And somehow they beat Seattle. To get to I know, somehow they beat Seattle <laughs> with 17 points. 
I don't know how they did it with Fat Rob. That's how they did it. Whoever that guy is, because he's not owned in any leagues, because he's been awful too. That hurt. I need to move on. You're not starting any of the wide receivers, okay? None of them. Don't do it. I'm saying you can start Chris Thompson because God, for hopefully, hopefully, Gruden will use him more. But Minnesota is the toughest against the the running backs and the quarterbacks, the two best people on the team. So, okay, actually, I'll take the back. The only person you can start is Vernon Davis if Jordan Reed is benched. I'm not even starting Jordan Reed if he's playing. All right, we're going to move on. Team even more depressing news. We have the Houston Texans of the Los Angeles Rams. Oh, it's going to be another blowout. <laughs> another blowout. Another blowout. But I do want to say congratulations, DeAndre Hopkins. I feel like you've gotten your um, quarterback proof status back. Yeah, really I would agree. The cred is back. Yes. The cred is back. The cred is yeah. back. Good job. Brock Osweiler did not ruin you. You're fine. You can play with crappy. Savage cards. threw a dart in there on one of those touchdowns too. Like, one out of many. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. maybe he's over dark. He it was he had a very small space and he placed it perfectly, which I was shocked. I didn't think he had it in him, to be honest with you. Brock couldn't have done it. So Brock I'm Brock could not have done it. I, no. Savage Absolutely did. Not. Absolutely not. So Hopkins is the man. He still managed to get 14.6 fantasy points in standard leagues with Savage throwing the ball. So I think you can start him again this week against the Rams, who are really tough, but it's fine. Okay, we're gonna work through this. Now, Miller wasn't great last week, but he has the best matchup for the Texans. So I feel better about him. I believe this is the high hopes, low expectation player of the week is Mr. Lamar Miller. I think you still have to start him. It is what it is. Um, this team has just came from the top to the bottom oh so fast. Um, this is how the cookie crumbles guys in 2017, but you're still starting Lamar Miller. Will Fuller though, on the other hand, this is risky. You guys, the Rams give up the fourth fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. And he saw, we all saw the struggles of last week. No touchdown for the first time of the year. I only had 32 yards. I like him. I like him a lot next week. So don't drop him or anything crazy just cause you're ticked off. Don't do that. He'll have a good game next week. This is just not the week. Not the week. Uh, Tom Savage obviously is on the bench. Ryan Griffin, just in case you care, doubtful with a concussion. Sorry for him, but he shouldn't be on your fantasy teams anyways. And you're not starting the Houston Texans against NFC champions, the Los Angeles Rams. Very possible. Again, it should be coach of the year. Sean McDermott, yep. Sean McVay, or Todd Bowles as to coach of the yeah. year. Yeah. Like those year. are the three. Yeah, shouldn't sure. no one else should even be nominated. It's, it's game no. over by week ten on this at this point. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh so <laughs> last week the Rams roasted the Giants. I could go into details, but what you do need to know is that I told you Higby would score a touchdown, and he did. It was only one catch, and it was, and like, it was like, like right off to the game. Yeah, it was like right away. That's fine. And also uh, we told you to start the Rams against the Giants, all of them, and you could. Now, Robert you could, Woods, like literally all of them, all of them. Robert was this one who scored two touchdowns, but those are the only two touchdowns he scored all season. Also, he's only had two targets within the twenty within the red zone, within twenty yards of the end zone. So, uh, all season. Now, hopefully, that I would start him again week. this week, though. 
Yeah. Guys, yeah. Houston, Houston is not a good defense. I don't know what the deal is with the JJ Watt loss and now the Deshaun Watson loss, but guys, they give up. They're like a, uh, like a leaky bathtub, just releasing all sorts of fantasy points to whoever's around. So I want you to start everybody. The only kind of tough matchup is against the run, but are you really ever going to bench Todd Gurley? Stop. So you're Stop. starting everyone. I want you to start Robert Woods, Sammy Watkins, Cooper Cup. I want you to start, obviously, Jared Goff, who's just intense. And by the way, again, the best streaming quarterback, as I keep telling you guys, in the National Football League, when he plays bad defenses, he balls out. NFC Offensive Player of the Week this week. Um, when he plays good defenses, he does not. And mostly because he just hands the ball to Todd Gurley, which is great. But in against bad defenses, he's amazing. Go play him. Uh, I'm also going to tell you guys that in case you're handcuffing Todd Gurley, which you should be doing these things, um, Malcolm Brown looks like he may have torn his MCL. He actually had a decent week last week uh, and is out indefinitely right now. So it's going to be maybe a man named Justin Davis if you're looking in a deep league to get a handcuff. Malcolm Brown probably out for the rest of the season. Wow. All right. We got the Dallas Cowboys, the Atlanta Falcons. I can't decide if this game's going to be a shootout or a disappointment. Mm. Disappointment. I'm leaning a little bit towards disappointment. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. But um, we'll start with Ezekiel Elliott because that's what we do. Because every single week we got to talk about something. So uh, Elliott's hearing with the Second Circuit Court of Appeals is scheduled for Thursday, which is tomorrow because we are recording on Wednesday today. So when somebody says, well, what's do with the Elliot's because we record this prior to the Elliot uh, situation. So uh, he will miss practice to attend the hearing. So as of right now, he's allowed to play until the court hands down a ruling. So you're playing him. He had another good game last week, um, but you play him until you hear you're not that he's not allowed to play. So he's a must start every week. Now, Dak Prescott, he came out like fire. Last week, as expected, as we predicted, he completed 21 of 33 passes for 249 yards and had two touchdowns and added 27 yards and an additional score with those shifty little feet of his. Um, this is a bit more of a rough matchup so uh, for his receivers. So I would expect to be more between the 18 to 22 point range this week, which still isn't bad. That's still fine for a quarterback. But again, this is just one of those weeks where I don't it could be a shootout or it could be again where he barely scores 18 points. It's just, it's a tough one. Uh, does Bryant, I am in my starting category. Uh, he did not practice Wednesday with what is considered a minor knee injury as well as his ankle injury that has lingered a little bit all season. Um, it can't be that serious of an injury as he caught six of 11 targets for 73 yards last week. Uh, and it's, it's rumored to not be serious, but he may, you know, he may not practice much this week, but I do expect him to play. I think it's vet rest is what we're experiencing right now. Uh, but keep your eye on it. Just keep your eye on it. Now, if he doesn't play, let's talk about those receivers. So Terrence Williams will step into the wide receiver one role if Bryant does not play. He caught all nine of his targets last week for 141 yards. It was an insane week. But don't go crazy and think that he's going to do it again this week. It isn't going to happen. Williams has been a single-digit point scorer in standard leagues all other weeks that, that, than this week. So this will be a much tougher matchup for him. Same goes for Cole Beasley, who got on the action last week. <laughs> but um, 
you know, four of six, only 24 yards, but he had two touchdowns. Again, that's not going to happen this week. You know, last week was pretty much a But if walk. Des Bryant's out, which one would As you I say, prefer? if Des Bryant's out, reality will hit again, and his value does go up. I would prefer Terrence Williams over Cole Beasley because Terrence Williams has been a little bit more involved in the offense overall season than Cole Beasley um, if I had to choose. And you're not playing Jason Witten. He's a terrible matchup. You're benching him. Bench. But I do think Dez is going to play. I think it's vet rest. I think that's what's going on here. All right. All right. All right. Falcons. Okay, guys. Um, anyone ready to be bored? <laughs> <laughs> okay, you guys. Well, Matt Ryan actually had one of his best games of the season, his best fantasy day, frankly, against the Carolina Panthers on the road, which was incredibly surprising. Over 300 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. You can't get rid of these interceptions. It's like he's Phillip Rivers or something. Uh, Dallas is, you know, a middle-of-the-road uh, option. I think that he'll be okay, um, but I'm not loving it. Um, he is at home again. Right now, Julio Jones is questionable. So um, he is, did not practice on Wednesday due to a leg injury. We're not quite sure what's going on. He may have suffered a high ankle sprain in week nine against the Panthers. Uh, you know, he had a really good game, but, um, you know, was able to put up 118 yards. Of course, no touchdown. It's Julio Jones, so we can't do that. Uh, but, you know, uh, he hurt himself. So that's something you guys need to keep your eye on. Speaking of another injury you need to keep your eye on is Devontae Freeman. Um, he was limited at practice due to a knee injury that he maybe suffered uh, before that he had a shoulder injury uh, which is why he was questionable last week um, and again he's just not getting it done he hasn't had a touchdown since week four before their bye in week five just nothing's really happening on the other side of that there's Tevin Coleman who's just kind of been this consistent um, nine to 15 point player depending on if you're standard or um, PPR leagues last week he was saved by a touchdown that he had saved. on his own reception it was like say to that point yeah um, but but, you know, depending on what happens with Freeman's injury, Coleman could have a larger role. It's a bad matchup for Austin Hooper. Um, and, again, uh, you know, uh, Mohamed Sanu just keeps, you know, either catching a lot of passes or scoring a touchdown. Last week he caught all three of his targets at 23 yards and a touchdown. And, you know, Taylor Gabriel had one of his best games where he had 56 yards. Um, and that's his best Stop talking to me about Taylor Gabriel. Uh, also, I did want to tell you, though, that Matt Bryant suffered a leg injury mm -hmm. um, last week in pregame warm-ups. Uh, things did not look good, and I, I think you need to be worried. This is his second time having an injury this season, and you know we love kickers here. Uh, I think you need to look elsewhere. Yeah. So sad. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Mm. Okay. Well, here we go. We're going to go to the Cincinnati Bengals, the Tennessee Titans. Joe Mixon's going to Joe Mixon. Mm. Mm. It was fine. He did a, a fine job with his 10 fantasy points, but that's all you got. Was 10 because he points. scored a touchdown because he scored, he has no yardage. No, God. None. He's worse than I thought he would be by such a long shot. Of <laughs> and, and we didn't have high expectations. He's worse. Then the low expectations. It's so good. Like every week, gonna, my husband's like, it's his, it's, his, yeah, it's, his it's his week. It's his week. It's his week. I was like, oh, mm -hmm. is it though? Is it? Mm, mm -hmm. I don't think so. Listen, I, 
I don't know what to tell you other than the fact that he's going to get you anywhere between six and 10 fantasy points in standard leagues. If that's good well, enough for you, then you yeah. do it. If you believe in him and you think this is the week, then you just do it. Okay. This week will be the week because AJ Green suspended. So that's why this will be the week. Uh, <sighs> no, I'm not for eight. That's what I'm going to say. Joe Mixon owners will say that that's the excuse. I don't believe it's the week. Uh, I you probably not. have to play him if he's on your team. Sorry, he's not. Sorry, he's not suspended. AJ Green's, AJ Green's not suspended. suspended. Sorry, no. Uh, there, I meant to say there was a last week because he got kicked out, but it wasn't. Yeah, no, he's it not suspended. Wasn't. Don't say no. that. I was gonna say uh, Evans I is suspended. Number two quarterback. Evans is, is suspended. Yeah. Yes. Which Evans I can't believe suspended. he wasn't suspended for literally punching Jalen Ramsey. Whatever. And like the chokehold. It's not that big a deal, guys. It's fine. Corey just wants someone to talk about on this day. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, well, it's kind of scary because actually, like, it's not like it was Brandon mentioned, like AJ Green has not been great. So it's kind of kind of scary. But I do think he's going to be decent this week. I because I kind of think Annie Dalton's gonna have a decent week against Tennessee. So I I, I'm still obviously you're starting AJ Green. You drafted him. You're playing him. Um, I think he will have a better week this week. I think he'll get in double digits and it'll be fine. Obviously, last week he got ejected, so we're just gonna pretend like that didn't happen. And it was Jacksonville, so yeah, we would have only gotten four points anyway. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It was gonna be pretty. Yeah. So we, I told you not to start him. So actually, uh, but. I think we're gonna do, we're going to do better this week. Tennessee is no Jacksonville. Um, Tyler Croft, we have him ranked number eleven. Uh, so if you need a tight end, I think this is a good place to stretch. Um, I mean, he got seventy nine yards off of two catches, so that's not bad. There's upside with him. There's always upside with him. Cincinnati's defense is fifteenth. Um, um, I'd almost put him higher than that i i do the defense rankings but i think i would put him higher just because marcus mariota has really really struggled this year um oh just so you know there are no other uh wide receivers for cincinnati they just don't employ those people they just don't <laughs> so it's fine you don't have but to look john back. russ is gonna be the greatest thing that's ever happened ever ever no. mm -hmm. it's no. not gonna happen so we're moving on we'll move to the tennessee titans uh demarco murray is practicing in full um but again this is a really tough matchup against the cincinnati Bengals. they're pretty darn tough against running backs so just kind of temper your expectations um you know there's always the derrick henry of all and he's not a bad choice he's a great flex um but i don't know i think we should need to be a little bit excited that delaney walker came back and was like a yes. thing for a second there i think that was pretty exciting um he didn't practice though so but he actually is old that could he be is that. old yeah that so it, it could like be my age yeah Right. And he does play through his injuries. He does. He just hasn't been doing well at all this year. And he actually got seven fantasy points in standard leagues. Yeah. He got double digits in PPR because he caught all of his targets, which he usually catches a majority of his targets. So I like him a lot in PPR always. Um, but it is it is nice to see him get some serious yardage last week. And I think he'll I think he'll have an okay game. But again, tough matchup. I don't love Richard Matthews and this Corey Davis character that everybody just loves. 
just loves Corey Davis. It's like, guys, it's, it's still Tennessee and we're struggling here. We're really struggling this year. And this is a tough matchup. So I don't love him this week at all. Cincinnati gives up the seventh fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. So, you know, watch yourself. I mean, you can pick him off up off waivers if you have that extra spot. If you're like holding on to a Jameson Crowder or um, any Washington Redskin, really, um, then yeah, you can pick up Corey <laughs> Davis, sure. But just you know, wait a minute because he plays Pittsburgh after this week, and again, Pittsburgh's defense is really tough. Now, then he gets Indiana or Indianapolis, which is fabulous, and then Arizona in Week 14, which is also fabulous. But then in your playoffs, you get the 40, 49ers, which is great. But then you get the Rams in your championship game. That, my friends, is not great. So that's my Tennessee news. Sorry, not uplifting at all. I don't hate them. They're just not working well together. I, I still believe. I believe. That's my thing. New York Giants <laughs> and San Francisco 49ers. Game of the week. Who's going to win of, this game, guys? Yeah, Ooh, exactly. Dirty. One of the dirty is going to win. I think we have to say the Giants because the 49ers. Oh, so I got to say Giants. It's so depleted. It's so bad. Uh, okay. So the, obviously the big news here is that there are players now came, coming out saying that they, quote, hate Ben McAdoo. Um, also, uh, Dan Schneier, friend of the show that we had on in the preseason to talk about the New York Giants, has reported that he has sources that say that uh, we're, we are within the time that Ben McAdoo will be fired. Uh, and I don't normally like advocate for people losing their jobs. I think it's kind of sad, you know, talking about people getting fired at this. Um, I just think that this maybe isn't the right job for him, head coach. Maybe he's more of a coordinator. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's okay. I think that maybe this is going to be like a Band-Aid. Let's just rip it off. But in the meantime, I think you can start Orleans Darkwood. And I say this because Orleans Darkwa actually uh, rushed 16 times for 71 yards and caught both of his targets for eight yards. He did not score a touchdown, but the San Francisco 49ers gave up the absolute most rushing yards to opposing running backs. And him getting 18 touches in a game script that was the worst you could imagine for a running back where they got their butts kicked, I think it's actually a positive sign for him in terms of usage. Now, they did give Wayne Gallman nine touches because they just won't give it up. Uh, but it is very clear that Orleans Darkwa is by far and away the most dynamic running back. So I think he's definitely a true sleeper. Uh, Eli Manning, still not getting it happen. However, Ben McAdoo came out and said, he is still our starter, but we might look elsewhere later. I'm like, no, dude, you're going to get fired before you do that. And I'm not an Eli Manning fan. Let the guy retire at the end of the year and stop, like, start yeah, doing your stop job. Stop this talk. Yeah. Yeah, please. You think and he's going to retire? I think I'm, I'm, I would say I am 85% sure that Eli Manning is going to retire at the end of this year. Wow. I am not no. 85%. Yeah. Cause I think the giants are going to kindly speak to him about it. Like we just want you to retire as a giant. He could go to the Browns. That would be great. Uh, I just think it's, it's it's too far gone. But I, I think no matter what, Ben McAdoo has gone, and they're not going to let him bench Eli Manning on his way out. That's no. just so stupid. So that no. that's just not going to happen. I think they respect him too much for that. So um, the, the interesting thing is that uh, Evan Engram, again, outscored Eli Manning last week. Uh, so Evan Engram is also a guy. In fact, I've ranked him, I think, number two for tight ends this week. 
and I feel good about it. I think he's going to be just a-okay. The San Francisco 49ers give up a ton of fantasy points to opposing tight ends. Don't talk to me about how they give up a lot of points to quarterbacks, too, against Eli Manning. And in good and bad matchups, he hasn't been able to get it done. Um, And, you know, Sterling Shepard, if you're in PPR, again, I mean, nine targets last week, caught five of them for 70 yards. His first game back from injury, that surprised me, actually. So, uh, obviously, he's healthy. I think he's good to go. you know, you might be like, who's Tavares King? Because Tavares King was the guy who scored the touchdown. You stopped that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there you go. Um, all right, the 49ers. You got to love it when the running back is projected more fantasy points than the quarterback. I just <laughs> love that about the 49ers. Um, with that said, you could start Carlos Hyde. Had got double digits points. Even with getting ejected in the fourth quarter, you can run on the Giants. Five running backs have had double digits against the Giants lately. And and that is with two teams in between that really struggle at running. So he's ranked number 10, and I think he's very good. CJ Berthard. Okay, so my mother-in-law is watching my game, and she goes, oh, poor boy. I bet he got made fun of so much. I look at her, and I was like, what the heck? She's like, well, his last name's Beat Hard. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Yes, it is. Oh my god! Mother-in-law. Oh my! I never noticed either. Yes, Bethard. No, it's now I can never look at it again. Oh man, that ruins it so much. It does. It does. does. Ruin it for everybody here. Beat hard. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. All right, Uh, but listen, he did do better than I thought he would. But but he did. Um, he hadn't run. He had to run in for a touchdown, and he would have had 12 fantasy points. So if he never threw um, – if he he's – excuse me. He's never thrown for a touchdown, which means he's only had two touchdowns in the last four games and twice as many interceptions, so it's not my jam. Marquise Goodwin, he is the number one receiver on the 49ers. He saw oh. eight targets last week but only caught two for 68 yards. He's super risky. This is a great matchup, and I understand, but two wide receivers had had double digits last week for the Rams, including Sammy Watkins, who's only who only caught one pass. So there is upside there because I think that Marquise Goodwin could possibly only catch one pass. So, I mean, if it goes for yardage and a touchdown, then that's fabulous. But that is extremely risky to play. Just saying extremely risky uh the 49ers game plan is not exactly the same as the la rams just so you know um but robbie gold is on the bench unfortunately the 49ers defense is on the bench kittle has been ruled out with an ankle injury so is trent taylor with a broken rib and that is after losing pierre garçon last week um for the year with a neck injury so really sad yikes yikes all right we got the new england patriots the denver broncos so the must start for sure is going to be rob gronkowski he has the best matchup of the week for sure against the denver broncos mm-hmm. who for whatever reason cannot uh it's, tight ends. Tight ends. <laughs> it's just it's no. pathetic um tom brady is going to do just fine against them I couldn't act like a homer and say that he's going to tank. I think it'll be fine. Uh, I would check on weather. Um, it is Denver, and weather can change uh, often, and we are now in that November area. Right now the um, the weather is projected to be sunny with a high of 53, which would be perfect. Uh, but I could also see us 48 hours from now saying, actually, it's going to be a blizzard, and best of luck to you. 
So just uh, make sure that you pay attention to that. Uh, Denver is, of course, good at defending against wide receivers uh, and running backs. So I don't really um, love anybody here, but I think that if you have Brandon Cooks, you're probably going to start him. Um, and, you know, again, the James White, Deion Lewis debate is just annoying to me, and I have no interest in it. But if you're interested, I guess those are your guys. Um, I will say, though, that Chris Hogan right now is listed as doubtful, and supposedly, reportedly, he is still in his sling. Um, so mm. I don't really know what that all is going to look like. Um, now, they're saying that they want to get Philip Dorsett more involved. That is just too crazy for my blood, but you do you. Uh, and also a reminder that Brian Hoyer was – traded there without being traded there. He got released so that the Patriots could pick them up, pick him up. They just signed him to a three year contract. Do you think they think Tom Brady is going to play for three more years? Right. <laughs> and they're just keeping Hoyer there. Back. I'm dead serious. You guys. I think this is an intriguing number for the amount of years on his contract. Um, and I, I, I'll say this. Um, Amendola is also limited on Wednesday's practice. The only slight credence I'll give to this Philip Dorsett thing is if both Amendola and Hogan are out, they're going to have to throw into Dorsett uh, at least a little bit. But against the Broncos, so you don't really love the wide receiver situation anyway. No. Uh, I would definitely start the Patriots defense, even though they haven't been good this year, because neither has the Denver Broncos offense. And you can start Goskowski. Fabulous. The Broncos. So I'm not all in on the Denver Bronco defense. I don't know if to start with starters, but I think as Brandon let off, when yeah. your best matchup for the Patriots is the tight end and that is your best player on your team and Gronk can just single-handedly destroy a team, this game could get ugly and out of hand really quickly. Yeah, really quickly. And... And even to some extent, I'm going to even go so far as to say perhaps not even to the fault of the defense, but I think the time of possession is going to be just so outrageous that they're what, – what can you do? What can you do? So – And why do we have to watch this in prime time? That's my I question. I know. It's like <laughs> games, NFL – it's going to be so bad. But I will say I think you can start Demarius Thomas. He, you know, it was 8 of 12 for 70 yards, and he had a touchdown. It was a garbage touchdown. But you know what? Never has a touchdown been more needed to improve somebody's psyche as that touchdown. It has been 15 games since he has scored. Uh, and he was his first touchdown of the year. So you know what? That touchdown was very, very needed. It is in theory, a great matchup. As Corny said, the Patriots defense of old is not the Patriots defense this year. So it is a really good matchup. So I feel good about starting Demarius Thomas, despite the piss poor quarterback play that we will see in prime time on Sunday night. Uh, the, the only thing that could possibly stop you from wanting to play Demarius Thomas is that if, if by his hamstring. So it is still bothering him. He did not practice on Wednesday. So make sure that you look at your injury reports. I think he will play, but uh, keep an eye on that. Sleepers. Okay. Emmanuel Sanders, he played only 45% of the snaps and he only caught one of his five targets, which was for 30 yards. And then he basically, as you saw, you would see pictures of him just looking sad on the bench the second half of the game for the most part. I think his ankle is still bothering him. I think that is very clear. I don't think he's 100%. He was limited in practice on Wednesday. So clearly, uh, he is still not good to go. So don't play him unless you absolutely have to. I really do not think that you should play Emmanuel Sanders. I would say flex it best. And even then, again, I am strongly encouraging you to bench Emmanuel Sanders this week. 
Now, equally frustrating is this Denver backfield that I get to talk about every single week. So we're, uh. we're going to look at the touches as a comparison here. Okay, so the distribution is as follows. C.J. Anderson, nine touches in total. Uh, nine of those were rush attempts for 13 yards and zero catches of his one target for zero yards. Devontae Booker, he had eight touches, so one less than Anderson, but six of those rush attempts for 21 yards and two of three catches for nine yards. Again, terrible. Jamal Charles, eight touches, so the same as Booker. Four of those were rush attempts for one yard, awful, and then four for four for 23 yards in terms of the catch. So we are in a full-on three-headed committee monster here. In theory, Anderson is still the lead back. I, what I will say is that... Um, CJ did hurt his ankle in the game. He's been limited in practice on Wednesday, which might explain why we saw a little bit more of that even shift. But quite honestly, we've been seeing an even shift for a while now. And the Broncos just seem to really like Booker. I don't quite understand it. Um, That's a total of it's, like it's, 78 it's, yards. It's terrible. It is terrible. And when you've got Ugh. Trevor Simeon has been struggling, you know, the last, you know, four games before he got pulled. Brock, who is was going to struggle. We all knew he was going to struggle. And he did struggle. Why you're only rushing this amount is beyond me. It is literally absolutely beyond me. Which brings us to our news of Broncos place quarterback Chad Kelly on the IR. So this leaves us in a full-on Brock and potentially Lynch later in the year dilemma. Uh, Brock did not have a great game, 19 of 38 for 208 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, uh, and was sacked three times. That is not great, folks. Uh, but the Broncos are going to stick with him this week. He is the starting quarterback, so be prepared for that. And the Broncos did place tight end Jake Butt on IR as well, who is – that is actually a pretty major bummer because he's a really interesting play, and I think he's going to add a lot of depth and to this team in a tight end position that just really doesn't have a strong offensive positioning to it. But he's on the IR. So, again, as I stated early, this game is going to get ugly very, very quickly. Amazing. All right, Miami Dolphins, the Carolina Panthers. So I didn't think I'd start off this way, but Cutler actually came out to play last week. Um, <laughs> it's one. He gets one. I will say, you are not playing Jay Cutler. Let's be very, very clear. But this did benefit the two starters that you can play on this team. Uh, Jarvis Landry, who caught six of seven passes for 37 yards and a touchdown, as well as Devontae Parker, who caught five of eight for 76 yards. Both are must-starts. Well, I will say is Parker still seems to be the receiver that Cutler likes to go to. Um, again, Landry's usually pretty good for a touchdown, but there seems to be a connection between Parker and Cutler that – Unfortunately, has basically phased out Kenny Stills. So sleepers, Damian Williams. We got our two running backs. Welcome to a full-on committee in Miami as well now that Ajay is gone. Damian Williams rushed seven times for 14 yards, caught six passes for 47 and a touchdown. Kenyon Drake had nine carries for 69 yards. Um, so again, Gay seems pleased um, to see this. Um, with that said, it's a terrible, terrible matchup. The Panthers give the third fewest points to running backs. Of all the running backs who have faced the Panthers, Alvin Kamara has done the best. So in theory, Williams has the edge in this game just because he is a bit more of the pass receiving back out of the two. But even then, Kamara did not have a great game. Without his touchdown, it would have been terrible. So um, don't get too excited for these guys. You probably shouldn't play them. What I will say is, Julius Thomas, I hate you. I just hate you 
Um, he caught six of eight passes for 84 yards and a touchdown. And in that one game, he scored almost the exact same amount of points of all of his other games combined in that one game. And Julius Thomas is the kind of player that people get really excited about. So now that he's had one game, everyone's going to go out there and want to play him. Please do not do that. Yes, he's got the best matchup on the team, but don't do this to yourself. Do not play him. And then, as we said again, as we said, yeah, Kenny Stills, he's getting phased out with Parker being there. He was only four targeted four times, caught three of them, 28 yards, but Parker B, that kills him. And Cutler, do not do it. Just don't, don't do it. All right, the Panthers. Christian McCaffrey had his best game of the season last week, rushing 15 times for 66 yards and a touchdown while adding five catches for 28 yards. Not bad at all. This week will be more difficult for him, but I like his volume. I think he will yeah. get anywhere between 9 and 12 fantasy points in her standard league, so that's not bad at all. Graham Gano, the kicker you're playing. Carolina's defense you are playing. Cam Newton really struggled last week with only throwing 137 yards, zero touchdowns, and zero interceptions. The only way you got decent fantasy points last week was with him using his feet and rushing for 86 yards and a touchdown. You might be able to run against Atlanta, but you can't run against Miami. The quarterback with the most rushing yards against the Dolphins was Flacco with nine yards. And we all <laughs> saw what the Miami Dolphins did to him when he ran. Oh, that's we a good point. It. Hold on. Waiter. Wait a minute. Okay. Wait a minute. Yep. Check, please. Uh, so sad. Check, please. Newton can't afford to get hurt, so he shouldn't be running too much on Monday night. Sorry, you guys. Do not love Mr. Cam Newton. I know we have him ranked high, but I do not love him this week. I think it's going to be one of – I think it's going to be – because all the quarterbacks box. suck. I literally yeah. – I sat there looking at my rankings being like, can anyone be better than this? And no, everyone I, sucks. I, I am playing McCowan over McCown over Cam Newton this week. And yeah. I just is what it is. It's just a really this this team is perfectly built to stop Cam Newton, and and if Cam Newton can't already stop himself, um, and due to that fact, then with Newton clearly isn't doing well with recovering from his shoulder surgery um, this offseason. Funches is no more than a flex option this week. Curtis Samuel is the wide receiver too for this team for now. Um, just. In, just in case you need somebody to pick up for maybe a flyer in the in the future. But I don't love any of this, you guys. I just don't love any of this. And it might be raining. So that isn't good for these receivers either. Um, Jonathan Stewart is on the Oof. bench, obviously. Ended Oof. up fumbling the ball twice last week and got fantasy owners negative points. And this is the second game in negative points in the last four games. Not good, guys. I know Coach Rivera says he still trusts him, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. No. Ed Dixon on your bench. He had zero points last week off of two targets. This is the Panthers' best matchup, though. But yikes. If you're relying on Ed Dixon, Jonathan Stewart, mm-mm, mm-mm. You're not listening to our show because your season's over. We're just excited for Greg Olson <laughs> to come back. Yeah. Bring back so, Greg Olson. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, there's it's coming. I've been holding on to him all year, so I hope so. I hope so. Come back to me, Mr. Greg Olson. Come back. I need you. I need you. 
Um, but that's it, you guys. That is our Week 12 show. Again, get them out of your lineup. The Baltimore Ravens, Kansas City Chiefs, Oakland Raiders, and the Philadelphia Eagles. They are all on by. Chat with us on Twitter at HerFantasyFB. Um, also, you can listen to our radio show on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio from 9 to 11 Eastern on Saturday nights. You guys, you can get us twice. You can call in, ask your questions. It's a delightful, delightful experience. Oh, guys, good luck. Until next time, no more faking it.